Welcome to the Ghost Tea Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Willow. Today we're going to talk about what happens after you die. This is a question that I get a whole lot, so there's a lot to cover. Before we jump in, I want to remind you that everyone has different views on things, and that's okay. I don't ask you to believe what I do. I just want to share what I've found in my personal path with others. Now, let's get to the tea. There's been countless stories throughout history about what happens after you die. In most cases, it's assumed that you go to heaven or hell. In TV shows where they talk about ghosts, they're constantly talking about ghosts that are stuck or in limbo or stuck in our plane and need to be quote-unquote crossed over. What's frustrating for me as someone who can see spirits and has interacted with them my whole life, I've really only had to cross over maybe a handful of spirits, and most of them haven't really needed to be crossed over. This is something that really fascinates people when I tell them, because everybody assumes that a lot of ghosts that are here are stuck, when that just isn't the case. Before I get into going over the details of what I've learned happens after you pass over from a physical existence, I want to preface it by saying that all of this information is things that I've gathered from different deities through different pantheons that deal with death and death escortment. What I mean by this is in Catholic culture, you have Archangel Azrael, the angel of death. I mentioned in my What is Spirit video that I've worked with Archangel Azrael since I was a little girl. So he's the one that I've asked most of these questions to and gotten the answers from. However, some of my knowledge comes from asking Archangel Michael questions as well as beings such as Lucifer and Anubis, as well as the goddess Nyx. With all of that said, let's go ahead and go through the basics. First, you start with physical death. The human body experiences whatever it experiences to cause a physical death to happen. One thing that I want to point out, because I know that people are going to have questions about it, is can someone die before they're ready? Do you believe that people pass before they have decided that they are going to? And my answer is no. I believe that before you come down into a physical existence, you have decided exactly what's going to happen in your life in a generalized sense. And what I mean by that is that everybody has different pathways they can take in their life to different experiences that you can have. If you think of time and someone's life as a linear horizontal line, which most people assume is life, then imagine a bunch of arcing lines that go from different points in that timeline. There will be different experiences during your timeline that you will experience no matter which pathway you take in that timeline. So let's say that one of your big lessons in life was learning humility. There are many different ways you could learn that lesson. But let's say your soul decided that losing both of your legs would be the best way to learn humility. Before you come down, you look at your timeline and you decide that you want to lose your legs at the age of 23. It gives you enough time in your timeline to establish a life and a routine around having legs and then suddenly not having them anymore. So it's a big adjustment. Going through something that drastic in your life can truly change a person nearly 180, if not completely. 
So by having this happen, it would be a huge character development as well as a personality change for that person. It would also give them a different perspective on life. And the way that they choose to go forward from that point has so many different options that it's nearly limitless. Someone can also choose to have an experience such as a near-death experience during their life that causes a spiritual awakening for that person. I've seen this happen a couple times with people who are in the spiritual field. They are doing something completely different in their lives, and then they have a near-death experience that has them experience something in a very spiritual way, which causes them to have a huge awakening and a very different perspective on life, which causes them to further explore spiritual ideas to understand more, which causes them to take a completely different path than what they thought they were going to take in life. And by having that experience, it causes them to have a completely different view on life that they wouldn't have had if they hadn't had that experience. So long story short, and I know I rabbit trailed, but that's okay. I do believe that you can't die unless it's your time to go that you decided before you incarnated. So now that we have that out of the way, let's go back to physical death. So your physical body has died. Your organs are shutting down. All of the little neurons in your brain might be still firing, but ultimately your soul has left your physical body. This is commonly the moment that people who have near-death experiences remember the most. The moment where they view their physical body from outside of that physical body as their spirit self. This can also be called astral projecting. Astral projecting is a term that's used to describe someone who is outside of their body looking at their physical body or experiencing things in their spiritual state rather than their physical state. Once you go into the astral plane, which is why they call it astral projecting, you will be met with a guide, an angel, an archangel, a deity, or someone else to help guide you. The most common deities and beings that are portrayed in modern society that I've seen has been the angel of death, which people don't name as Archangel Azrael, but that's who it is, or Anubis, or even the Grim Reaper, which actually does exist, but that's a different story for a different time. One thing is very common between all of these different things. Death is seen as something to be feared, and death portrayed as a deity or a person or a being can be seen as very terrifying. But what I think is interesting is that death itself is not terrifying. Once this deity, being, angel, or guide comes to you and informs you that you have passed away, then you'll start going through the process of experiencing things as they happen. On the other side, or as I would say in the spirit realm, time just doesn't exist. Five minutes to us can seem like five seconds to them. So as your spirit self, you would experience things like the funeral, your wake. And typically you would stay around your family or friends or people that you cared about as they go through the grieving process. It's important to realize that at this point, your soul hasn't quote unquote crossed over to the other side. And the reason why I say quote unquote is because crossing over doesn't really make sense. It's not really crossing anything. It's just simply being in a different layer of this dimension. You are on the astral layer rather than the physical layer. After your soul 
has experienced what it needs to in order to process what's happening, as well as give your family and friends and loved ones time to process your passing, then you're faced with the decision from whatever being or deity or guide is helping you. And what they will ask is, do you want to cross over? Something that would require a yes or no answer. Now, most people would say, why the heck would I say no? (laughs) But just keep this in mind. Some people come from cultures where if you do really bad things in your life, you are judged harshly when you go to the other side, unless you follow certain rules within that culture. So a lot of people who have done things that are less than great in their lives get really nervous because they think I'm going to be judged when I go to the other side, when that really actually isn't the case. Now, I know people are going to have questions about, well, what happens with murderers or people who abuse people? And that's a little bit different. They do get judged and they do get punished in a way, but it's different than how you think. And that's a subject that I kind of want to cover in a different episode. So I want to go over what happens if you were to say no to that question. If the guide angel, whoever is escorting you across in this astral realm, asks you if you want to cross over and you say no, they say, okay, they pass on to the other side, but you are left in a state that a lot of people would call limbo, but limbo isn't actually a bad place. It's literally just being part of our physical reality, but as a spirit. Now, this is where people assume that that means that that spirit is stuck. But what most people don't know is that a spirit in limbo, quote unquote, can actually pass over any time that they want but some just don't realize that they can, and some just never care to. I've met spirits in old historic places who have been there for a really long time, and I've asked them, do you want to cross over? Do you need help crossing over? And they look at me like I'm crazy, (laughs) and I ask them why, and they just say, because I choose to be here. I chose to stay here, and I don't really care about leaving. And that always confused me because I was like, why would you stay somewhere if you can go somewhere, anywhere other than here? And they can, but some people choose to stay in places that they really loved or they really had a lot of good memories in because they want to be there and they choose to stay that way. However, there is a catch. To stay in the physical reality as a spirit, you have to have enough energy to do so. Most spirits, not all, but most, who stay in the physical realm as a spirit need to have some sort of way of gathering energy in order to stay visible or stay in that realm. This is why you see a lot of spirits who will prey on people and scare them in order to have that person's aura output a lot of energy that they can use to kind of suck up like a sponge and use to survive in the physical plane as a spirit. Now, most spirits that don't do that or if they don't figure out how to do that will just kind of fade away into existence and they will pass over, but it will be a while before they do it. If a spirit doesn't figure out how to do that, how to gather energy or doesn't want to scare people to do that, usually they can figure out ways of like pulling from electronics or pulling from things or people around them without scaring them. It's just that causing people to be afraid 
outputs a lot of energy, which means that they can suck that up and use that for a very long time to survive. Which I hope answers your question, probably subconsciously, that you had about, well, why are there scary spirits? Yeah, that's why. Well, most of the time. So let's go back to the moment that you decide yes or no of whether or not to cross over. Let's say that you decide, yes, you do want to cross over. What then happens is that you are escorted over by whatever being is helping escort you, and you meet friends, family, loved ones, or even animals that have passed over before you on the other side. Yes, if you want me to say it, dogs do go to heaven. But I personally don't believe in heaven because to me, the other side is not actually heaven. I don't actually believe in heaven or hell. Again, we have another subject for another episode. Now, once you've greeted your family, friends, loved ones, and animals on the other side, you start what I call the reviewal process. The timing of this is different for each soul. For some souls, it might take five minutes on our side, but for others, it might take decades to process depending on what happened to your soul in your physical existence. People who have more trauma or things that they need to process might go through a longer reviewal process to understand what happened, why things happen a certain way, and what they were able to learn and not learn in that lifetime. During the reviewal process, The soul witnesses all of the things that they wanted to experience in that lifetime, as well as reviews what they didn't get around to experiencing. This is all witnessed from an emotionally separate state because when a soul is on the other side, they know what emotions are, but they don't feel them the way that you do when you're in a human body, which means that this isn't actually traumatic for you on the other side. A lot of people get really afraid of thinking of of reviewing their life on the other side because they're like, I don't want to relive this trauma. I don't want relive these memories, but you don't actually feel those and experience those memories the same way that you would in your human body. For example, a breakup that you remember in this lifetime might be sad and upsetting and heartbreaking all over again to think of. But as a spirit, separate from a human body that experiences emotions on a physical level, as well as a mental and emotional level, you are simply observing those emotions. You can feel them, but you're not affected by them. And you're able to process them in a different way than we are in a human body. In addition to being able to see everything that was going on for you at that time during those memories, you're also able to see what was going on for everyone else in your lifetime that was involved in your experiences. And that makes it so that we understand what everyone else was feeling and why they made the decisions that they did. For example, again, using a breakup as an example, because I personally hate breakups because I'm a sappy ass romantic and I hate the idea of love falling apart. (laughs) And it's just a good example of something traumatic happening. As a human, you would understand how you felt in that experience of them breaking up with you, or maybe even you breaking up with them. But you wouldn't know exactly what was going on in their life at the time that they broke up with you, or you broke up with them. Maybe they had just found out their mom had cancer, 
And you wouldn't have known that unless you had seen it from your spirit self or they had shared it with you in person. By having this reviewal process and seeing all the different facets of something happening, you really are able to get a very wide and broad view of what goes on, which means that on the other side, we don't hold on to guilt or shame or grudges because there is no reason to. We understand why decisions were made and why people acted the way that they did in those moments. And it doesn't mean that they made the correct decision or made good decisions or did the right thing, but it helps us to understand what they were going through as well as what we were going through in those moments. I just wanted to go over that because I know that a lot of people ask about their loved ones on the other side and whether or not they have grudges against the people who are still living because maybe something happened between you guys that wasn't pleasant or wasn't kind and you hold on to that guilt after someone has passed over because you feel like they're going to hold that against you from the other side and really honestly they just don't. Once you finish the reviewal process, which like I said, takes decades or five minutes, depending on the soul, then you are free as a spirit to cross over back to the physical realm as a spirit whenever you want. Now, a lot of people get confused by this. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> How can they go back and forth as a spirit? But it's true. Not all spirits that interact with us on earth are stuck or in limbo. A lot of times people will have visits from their grandmother who has passed over or their sister who has passed over or their brother or their friend and then they'll get worried and call on paranormal investigators and mediums to talk with them because they're like oh no my loved one is stuck or in pain or just can't cross over and they need help. But that's actually not always the case. Most of the time, someone just wants to visit and make sure that you're okay. And by them coming back over to the physical realm as a spirit, it doesn't mean that they're going to get stuck or that they're not able to go back over again. It just is them coming down as a spirit to say hello and interact with us to make sure that we're okay and help give us some closure for experiences that have happened. These visits and these crossovers from the spirit side can happen throughout the rest of your human existence as someone who is still in the physical realm. I also want to mention that while a soul is going through the reviewal process, it's actually really hard to get in touch with that spirit. And this is why soon after they've passed that you'll feel their spirit around, maybe during the funeral or the wake or as you're going through the grieving process. And then suddenly their presence just doesn't seem as strong or it doesn't seem like they're there anymore. And this is usually an indicator that they're experiencing the reviewal process. And as they go through that, their energy really focuses on that experience and in that moment. So it's really not very easy to access as a medium, at least in my experience, when they're going through that process until they're done. Most of the time when a spirit has been in that process and I've tried to reach out to them, I'll see them from very far away or their energy itself will feel very far away. And sometimes they'll wave to me and let me know that they're okay, but they won't be able to actually come up to me because they're still going through that reviewal process and they can't be in contact with the physical realm while that's happening. They have to actually go through the whole reviewal process before they can interact with the physical realm again. So now that the soul has gone through that reviewal process, if you are 
are part of a soul family, which is something that I mentioned in my last episode, what is spirit, your soul waits for the other members of that soul family to pass away from the physical existence and come over to the spirit realm, go through all of the reveal process before incarnating into another lifetime. So let's say, for example, that you and your sister and maybe your cousin and your best friend are all part of a soul family. Let's say that someone in that group passes away. That spirit that had passed away would wait for the other people in that group to pass before that soul incarnated into a different lifetime without you. This is all because each soul group does things together to help learn lessons together. However, if you're not in a soul group with someone or if your soul group is already intact once you pass over, you can reincarnate right away. Now, this is where it gets confusing, and just hold on with me. I know this is going to be a roller coaster, but this is the last major explanation before we start closing this out. A common question that I get after I mention all of this is, okay, Ariel, but if someone crosses over and they reincarnate, how do we have ghosts? And this is a great question. We're going to use another metaphor because metaphors are my best friend. All right, imagine that you are a bucket of Play-Doh. I know that's weird. Just stick with me for a second. When you experience your first physical incarnation, you have the experiences as a full bucket of Play-Doh. Then as you experience different things in that lifetime, you leave tiny bits of Play-Doh behind. By the time you physically pass away in that lifetime, you might have nine-tenths of your bucket of Play-Doh left over that crosses over to the other side, while there's still one-tenth of your Play-Doh that's left behind in a spiritual and astral way because of those experiences that you had in that lifetime, whether good or bad. Now let's say that you go through the death process, you incarnate again. You incarnate with that nine-tenths of a bucket of Play-Doh. Again, you have experiences that you leave little bits of Play-Doh behind. So now when you cross over from that lifetime, that second lifetime, you have eight-tenths of a Play-Doh bucket left. So let's say you go through that soul process again and you reincarnate a third time. On that third time, maybe you start having some memories or dreams about these other lifetimes that you've had where you've left Play-Doh behind. This is called past life memories or past life recall. When this happens, what your soul is doing is it's saying, hey, um, actually, I left my keys behind at the restaurant. <laughs> I left this Play-Doh behind in this lifetime and it's time to take it back. Typically, it happens after the people that you knew in that lifetime moved on and have passed over as well and don't really need those pieces of your spirit that are left behind to interact with. Yes, you heard me correctly. The pieces of Play-Doh that you left behind in those lifetimes are the ghosts of you as your past self from that lifetime. So even after you've reincarnated, there's still a tiny tenth 
or however much that you leave behind of your spirit in that lifetime, if you choose, or if you have traumatic experiences where that energy is pulled from you, that you leave behind in that existence to work through and interact with that time existence until it needs to be retrieved again by your soul later on in other lifetimes. So that's when past life healing comes in and past life recall and things like that because all we're doing is acknowledging those past lives, healing what needs to be healed, and then pulling those energies that we left behind back to us so that we can move on as more of a complete soul in our next lifetime or the rest of our physical lifetime that we do that in. So let's rewind a little bit just to make sure that we know where we left off. After you've waited for the rest of your soul family to join you on the other side before reincarnating for the next lifetime, you go through a cleansing and a reset. And really all that this is, is really just your soul deciding to forget all of the memories that you had from that past physical lifetime so that you're able to take on the new persona and a blank slate that you can use to build the next lifetime that you go into onto. It's like taking a picture of a whiteboard that you've written on and then cleaning it so that the next class can use it, but you still have a memory of what happened or what was on that whiteboard. That memory stays on the spirit side and stays in the spirit realm so that we can access it later if need be. But if you try to incarnate over and over again with a messy whiteboard, it's going to get so confusing for a physical brain to comprehend and process that most of the time, that's the reason why we just clear everything out and start over fresh. I know that this was a lot of information in one episode, but I hope that I explained it in a way that makes it a little bit more understandable and a little bit more clarified and maybe a little bit less overwhelming to think about. But I know that everything is easier to understand when you see it visually, so I hope that I explained it in a way that helps you visually see it in your head of how all of this works. As always, I want to hear your thoughts about this episode. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, please feel free to email them to my team at support at or you can use the contact form on the homepage of my website, www.arielwillow.com. You can also leave me voice messages through the Anchor app so that I can play them on air and answer them. And if you want to have your question featured on the show, just let me know and I'll go ahead and do it. Who knows? Your question could be featured in my next episode. As always, stay safe, stay curious, and keep learning. Talk to you soon.